Are you looking to understand the differences between Web 1, Web 2, or Web 3? What about NFTs, cryptos, lazy lions? And if you thought this couldn't even get any more interesting, what about the metaverse? Joining me today is SVP Channel Chief of Unstoppable Domains, Sandy Carter. Sandy is going to dive deep on why Web3 is unstoppable in decentralization and now you own your own data. Oh, and Sandy shares her experience presenting on stage in the metaverse and how it will only continue to get better as more and more people use it. Before we bring Sandy back onto the show, don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, and notification. Please join me in welcoming Sandy Carter to the show. Sandy, thank you for coming back. Well, thank you so much for having me, John. It's great to be on the John Meyer Show. Anytime, any day, any place. Okay, Sandy, I got to tell the audience, I did not prep you for that. Thank you so (laughs) much for doing that. You are welcome. So Sandy, we haven't talked since I had a chance to announce you going to Unstoppable Domains. And I have to tell everybody that I follow you on Twitter. I mean, I see all your posts constantly, stuff coming out and informative. It's really difficult for me to keep up sometimes with you and your passion and what's going on. But I got to tell you, keep it up. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, we have so much exciting things, so many exciting things happening at Unstoppable Domains. And As you know, I'm always enthusiastic about what's going on. So I always have to get the message out there. You are definitely a leader in Web3. And in fact, let's talk about some of this stuff that's going on in a stoppable domain since you've been there. Web3, there's Web1, 2, and 3. Could you tell us what are the differences and why Web3? Because I see your passion with it. Yeah. So, um, you know, Web1 was all about discovery of information. Web two was about uh, not only discovering information, but also sharing information. Think, you know, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, right? We've shared a lot of information, but all that information went to companies, even about us, like all of our information went to companies about us. The reason I'm so excited about Web three is it's still about discovery and sharing, except this time, the ownership of the data and the ownership of your identity belongs to you. So let's give a couple of examples. Um, In the Web2 world, I jump onto Twitter. I've got 85,000 followers. I go onto a new platform like Instagram and I start with 12. (laughs) And so my identity didn't come with me because Twitter owns that data and Instagram owns this data. It's separate. Uh, Second example is Uber. I was so excited about Uber. I was living in San Francisco when it launched. I was probably one of the very first users of Uber. I told everybody about it. I was attracting users to the platform. I even told people outside of San Francisco, get ready. I know it's going to take off and you guys will be using Uber soon. So I did all that work attracting users. I got a lot of pats on the back from my friends thanking me for that. But when the value extraction occurs from that platform and Uber is what, like a $50 billion total valuation business today, that value all went to the company. So Web3, imagine a world where all of that ownership of all that data is yours. It's not someone else's, it's yours. So then I can choose when I share my data. 
I can choose what rewards I get for the data. So imagine a retailer knowing that I just bought a home or that I have great credit rating. I might get a coupon for hundred, you know, maybe $1,500. Whereas just anybody who doesn't share it, they might get a hundred dollar coupon. And so there's so much value here that instead of going to a company, right? Like someone paying Facebook for that data and then them using the data to sell back to you, you now get the direct reward because you are an owner. You're a member of the community. You're not a user of an application. And, and that for me is the most exciting part of this whole scenario. So bringing more value back to your own data and holding on to your own data, more control over your own data and how it's utilized, but also getting reward for other people using the data that you allow. That's right. And I, I think this is, I mean, it really is, um, you know, if you think about it, it really is a big deal, right? I mean, if you really stop and think about where the, um, you know, where this was um, originally talked about, you know, and and the internet and web one, people talked about the value that you were going to get to the internet. And, uh, and we did get value. It's just that we didn't get monetary value. We didn't get member status value. We really got um, value, uh, which is good value, by the way, but we really got value of, um, you know, understanding uh, new information, new things that were going on. We didn't really get value that came from any, anything else that was happening. Um, And so, you know, as you think about that, and as you think about what's going to be really important that's really the value I think that matters, that has the biggest um, bang for the buck, if you would, as you're moving forward, is that piece of value. Help me understand something with Web3. So this is your data, but like how, where's it stored? I mean, I have all this, my rewards and everything like that. Uh, So in Web2, this data was stored by a company or handled out and passed off by a company. But, and here's how I'm envisioning it. Definitely correct me is that all this data now is owned by you, almost like crypto. You own the actual value. You have it stored somewhere where you're allowed to share it. How does that work? Well, so it's a decentralized internet, right? Part of the value proposition of Web3 is decentralization. And so when you think about decentralization, then that data gets stored on a couple of different areas. It could be stored in decentralized storage, meaning that no one person owns it it's decentralized and then you get to leverage it and, and, uh, and store it. Your identity, for example, is stored in your domain. Um, and that domain, which unstoppable domains is, you know, um, sells today, you own it for life. It's not like a web two domain where you have to always resubscribe to it. Someone else can scoop you on it. If you don't buy it back, This is your identity. So you buy it once and it's you and you're the owner. Only you can access those private keys. If you would, you have content now that sits on a decentralized storage network, which is linked to the domain. So again, we don't own that data that's in a decentralized storage network. So you have access to that. And if you think about it, a decentralized domain and a decentralized storage means that content Um, Only the domain owner can now publish or take down that data or sell that data or, you know, really leverage that data 
unless you give permission to someone else to, uh, you know, to leverage that. Right. So I think that this is significant, uh, in my mind, more user control, more privacy that comes over time. Um, and, you know, maybe even in the future, every person owns their own server as well, that it's not just stored in a decentralized storage location, maybe as well, you store it in your home or, you know, behind lock and key somewhere, or you have a third party verifier who does that for you. I think that's where we're headed. And that's where I just think people want that today. They're tired of having their own data used and sold and others made money off them. And then it circles around to you. Right. I don't know. Have you, I mean, I've gone online like a, you know, a friend of mine, her daughter's having a baby. So I went online to search diapers and different things on her registry. And now I'm getting flooded with, you know, ads for diapers and baby stuff. And I, what does I, your husband think about that? <laughs> I mean, like, oh, wait, uh, is there something yeah. I need to know? I just got an ad pop. <laughs> and I have to tell you, it's so funny. I hear stories like this, but the other day um, we were headed to South by Southwest and there was one of the parties we were going to, and you were supposed to wear your coolest cowboy hat. Well, I didn't have a cowboy hat. It's been a while since I lived in Austin. So we were chatting about this in the car that we had to go and buy a cowboy hat. Seriously, we come home. And uh, when we come home, then uh, we're getting all these ads from Amazon and Facebook on cowboy hats. And it's like, we didn't type anything in. All we did is spoke the word. So it was kind of interesting to see how that data is being used and how quickly it's being used today. I have my own theories on it and how you can speak by your phone and all of a sudden it pops up. We'll get into that another time. I have to tell you that a light bulb went off in my head when you were explaining Web3 and the decentralization and unstoppable domains and how I own and control the data that's there. And uh, I can see it all, how it comes together. I can't be the only one based off of this just simple conversation you and I are having I can see the huge value. I control. I can go in there and remove this data I, wherever I want this data to be. And I like owning my own domain and not having to register for it. I have to tell you, thanks to you and Unstoppable Domains, I do own John Meyer Crypto and NFT. Nobody gets it. It is mine. So thank that you. Is, you are welcome. And that is absolutely true. And anybody who's listening in, let us know. We can get you a coupon if you send me your email or DM me your email as well. Uh, we can also get you a free domain. Go out there and try it as unstoppabledomains.com. Perfect. Let's talk about South by Southwest. You were just recently out there. In fact, we scheduled to do a live recording. Well, not live recording, live episode. <laughs> and yeah, live recording. Well, sort of, it would have been live where you're out there, but yeah. you had some awesome things going on. And you had a speaking session, but we had to reschedule because you were on live for NBC and CNBC. Let's talk about this event that just happened. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm a big fan of South by Southwest. It's probably my favorite festival. I I call it a festival, not even a conference. Um, And the reason that I love it so much is there are so many innovators there who are disrupting the world. Every time I go, I learn something new that I can take back with me. I learn something new. So I think that's like a magical thing. So I always attend the sessions. I never, I usually don't do that at other conferences. So we got an opportunity. We did get live on CNBC, which was really cool, I have to say. Um, but we were also able to share what is what is Web3, what is the metaverse, 
and really looked at that in, you know, really breaking it down for people. Like what, what do you really define the metaverse as and how does that really come about? So we were, it was amazing. We touched over 10,000 people at South by Southwest um, again, explaining what Web3 is and what the metaverse is. I think that those are such important things for everybody to know, not just the Web3 crowd. I think it's, you know, everybody needs to be educated on that. Was that uh, thing that you did, the speaking session, was that recorded? Is that something I can find and share out to everyone? Um, it is recorded. What I don't know is if you have to have bought a ticket to South by West, South by Southwest to re-see it. I'm not 100% sure, but they will find that out. They will send me a, uh, a copy of it and I can post, I'm going to post it when I get it, but I think it's after they sell their, their tickets. I'm not hundred percent sure to be honest. No problem. We'll definitely share it out for everyone. I, I only caught a glimpse or two of it from all the posts. In fact, during that week that you were out there, my Twitter notifications were blowing up. Uh, you're one of the few that actually go up onto my main screen for notify on some of the posts you're doing because I like to follow what's come upcoming at you seem to be on top of everything that's new and released, plus all the information that you share, all the excitement that's going on. And I like some of the cool places you go to. Well, thank you. Well, I thought was what was the best part of it. I guess I would say three great things that came out of it. Um, one, I got to meet all these great people in real life, IRL. And, and that was really amazing because, you know, I started with Unstoppable in December. So meeting, you know, my partners at Alchemy and Binance US and, you know, talking to investors like uh, Alana at Redbeard Ventures and Joshua at Capital Factory in person was amazing. You know, I could go on Polygon was there. Algorand was there. I mean, just every Web3 company was there in force and I got to meet with them in person. So that was probably my favorite thing about the event. The second thing that I was so jazzed about, John, was that Web3 came out in every different little sub festival. So of course it came out in interactive because interactive is all about technology. But do you know, it was the number one topic in healthcare. Healthcare is talking about uh, taking their data, packaging it up in an NFT so that you can actually own your healthcare data, which was fascinating to me. And they had session after session about how the metaverse could help train the next generation of doctors and fascinating. It was also the number one topic in the film session, film. They had all of these um, filmmakers coming in and talking about how they're going to use the metaverse and how they're going to use Web3 to make, you know, think about it, like the James Bond movie, they did seven NFTs for the first ticket, right? 007, how they're going to use this new set of assets that they have to progress forward. So it was also the topic in gaming. I got to see uh, Jaiho, who is the head of Axie and Infinity, which I know had a big major hack yesterday. But I mean, great gaming, you know, Web3 is used everywhere there. So essentially in every category, art, music, gaming, healthcare, every category, the topic of the day was Web3 and the metaverse. So that was so exciting to me to see, you know, when I came in, people thought I was a nut job for going to Web3. Now it's everywhere and people, you know, are really interested in learning. 
And then I would say the third thing that I was really proud of, we launched Women of Web3. You actually covered it on one of your broadcasts. And we had an in real life session for Women of Web3. 270 women came out and it was just, it was, it was a brunch. It was done um, just such a great way so that we could network and chat and share and support each other. So those were kind of my three highlights on the, on the web three side. And I saw amazing speakers too. So anyway, I could talk the whole session just on this, but I wanted to share that with you. I think it was a huge event. Uh, all the things that you did, all the things you were accomplishing, uh, all the information that you were sharing, the, uh, you know, the unstoppable, uh, for women of web three or wow three that you had, uh, the metaverse that you were talking about, crypto, NFT. I mean, you were constantly sharing new and exciting information that was happening live. I think you had some insight on going to Unstoppable. You had a vision that this was the future. This was the next step. Uh, healthcare. When you were mentioning it, I, I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be nice to just say, send somebody to the domain? Here's all my information for my healthcare. This is your access. This is what you're allowed to see. Here's how you do it rather than you're traveling. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know, I need to call your you know, doctor. I need to call your healthcare provider. I need to get your information, your records take forever. Now you own the data. You can see what's being published, what's out there and how to control it. Well, I think it's even greater than that. So I just moved down from Seattle, from, you know, AWS Homeland down to Scottsdale to be with my mother-in-law uh, who just lost, she just lost her husband. So we're here to support her. And, um, and so I'm trying to get my medical records. And the crazy thing is, these are my medical records about me. I can't tell you, I've had two or three medical facilities saying, I can't send it to you. I can only send the data to another medical professional. How crazy is that? That's like my, that's like my blood pressure and my, that's my data and they won't send it to me. So I love the idea. It's one of the things we're going to be working on and it's stoppable is that healthcare data will sit with my identity. And it's that same identity too, John. So, you know, you said you have, you have John Meyer, um, dot crypto dot NFT, um, that, that is for your company, but for you as a person that would, that same identity can be used to sign into a finance, like cook finance, a DeFi can the same information can sign into a metaverse could sign into a game could sign that same information. And then you can choose how you share it. I'm so excited about that, especially with this incident I just had with all the healthcare professionals. It really made me upset that I couldn't get my own data. Something I envisioned and I was thinking about, and this was probably like a year ago, uh, somewhere along the lines, uh, you were indicating like with Twitter, you know, 80 some thousand followers. I think that's how many you have, right? Congratulations on or more, right? Uh, and then you go to LinkedIn or Instagram and you got 12, but you have different accounts. And I have to figure out who that person is going from each one. And it's like, I can never post or share my information on one and it's spread out to all these accounts. I would love to be able to log in and this is my ID. People can find me anywhere if they want. And they don't have to remember that one is an underscore, one's my full name, and they can just get to me or I can share them information. And they know it's really me. It's by default, this is my identity. Completely, uh, completely accurate. In fact, we just released something called Humanity Check. And what Humanity Check does is it's serving to replace all those areas that you go to showcase your driver's license or another form of ID where um, you have to verify that you are that person. 
So with humanity check, you come in, you use the camera on your phone, take a picture of your you know, front, your side, your side, you verify it with a driver's license, your government is your ID. Now that humanity check proves that you are that person. And the value of that, imagine, you know, for a city being able to validate or even for a healthcare institution, right? They now know that that person that's requesting the data is me and not someone else trying to get that data from me. Um, There's so many applications of that. And you're going to see us come out with more and more and more interesting things like that. Maybe that'll replace some of those web logins where I have to identify the pictogram of a chimney or a street, be like, okay, no, I am real. Here is it, you know, and you authenticate that way. Let's, let's talk about this lazy line NFT. I saw you post a lot. You got your own. I want to know what it is. So um, my lazy line obviously is an NFT and it is, um, it's a collectible for me, of course, you know, just like I collect today, I collect um, glassy babies, which are these candle holders from Seattle. Uh, they're, they're absolutely gorgeous and they're hand-blown glass and I collect them. They have a little verification stamp on it. So I know that it was actually hand-blown in Seattle for as a glassy baby. Um, my mom collects Ted Williams baseball cards. She does that because she had a date once with Ted Williams way back when uh, he was a big, if you don't know him, cause I didn't know him. He's a famous baseball player used to play for the Boston Red Sox. So she collects these cards and they're pictures of Ted Williams, you know, playing baseball um, and they have to be verified of course. So, you know, the picture is kind of like that. It's a collectible. My lazy lion is a collectible. Um, you could take a picture of it, but you don't own it. Just like I could take a picture of my mom's Ted Williams baseball card. I don't own that. Uh, you know, owning doesn't mean you keep others from enjoying it. It's just about proof of ownership. And that's one of the big ones for an NFT. But the second one is about community. As you buy into NFTs, you're buying into the community. Because remember, you're no longer a user. You're now a member, right? You own the data. You own the, the NFT And that community piece is what Web3 is really all about. Um, So if you think about it, um, for the Lazy Lions, community is the project. The project is the community. All the community is referred to as kings and queens. Um, If you jump into the Discord for Lazy Lions, Discord is like a chat room for Web3. It has about 150,000 members. And uh, we have a set of core values that guide that online community. The main one being the community is the project. The project is the community. And it really has been the secret sauce in becoming a top collection in this whole NFT space is that community aspect. So for example, um, we just released, we, and I say we, like Lazy Lions just released, but we just released, um, which is an interesting concept in and of itself. Like think about a tech company releasing a roadmap. Would a customer ever say, we released the roadmap? No, they would say AWS released the roadmap, Microsoft released the roadmap. But you heard me intuitively say, we released our roadmap. And um, the roadmap for me compares to that traditional Web2 world, right? It's an outward facing thing. It's what, what's being built for the community, not for a company, for community, not for a company. And it's designed in this really cool way. I can show you a picture of it. 
It's got, um, you know, the lazy lion sitting in front of a bungalow because they're getting ready to announce a bungalow. They have a C on there for Coinbase. They have a, a target. They have a basketball thing because they're doing a partnership around the NBA. Um, you know, they're building out their private metaverse on a private island where all the lions will hang out. Um, they just released Lazy Cubs. So you can see I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Why is that? Well, it's not because it's a company with owning a lazy lions. There's the perk right out the door of being part of this community. Um, you get the commercial rights to that lazy lion and it introduces so much possibility into what you can do. So I know one person who bought a lazy lion, they're actually selling pictures of their lion uh, as a tattoo. Um, others are doing customized skateboards with their lazy lion painted onto the skateboard. And they can do that because they own the asset. They're part of the community. The community supports them. So I, does that make sense? It's like more than just owning a piece of art. It's more than that. It's buying into the community and the collectibles area. I like it that you say community. You're not a user. You're you know the, a member of the community and being part of that community. I want to share with everybody. Could you share with, with me the Discord link then for the chat? I'll share it with everybody in the description that they can join into it. But the John, community you aspect. Share, you want me to share the picture of the roadmap real quick or will they be able to see it? Uh, you know what? If you want to share it with me, I'll include it into the editing of this recording. And by the okay. way, I'm not, I'm not editing this part out. So yeah. Okay, good. Okay, that's great. Yeah, because I think it's really cool to see the difference between a web two roadmap and a web three roadmap as well, which is really, I mean, it's because many of the things that we're doing in Lazy Lions are tech things, but the way we represent it is also in a web three mantra, which is I think cooler than some of the other things that are being done out there. So Sandy, my last question, let's end our topic on the metaverse. What is it? How does somebody get involved and really how can we educate the community on it? Well, so the metaverse is a virtual reality, a virtual world where you will eat, you will live, you will sleep, you will work. Um, It has elements of the real world and linkage to the real world today. So for example, um, you can think of player one, right? You go into player one, if you saw that movie and you're experiencing everything, right? He's sleeping, he's working, he's eating, he's having relationships and interactions in that world. And that's what the metaverse will be. It's not quite there yet today, but it will be that. Um, And if so, if you think about that metaverse, we're seeing today people linking the real world to the metaverse. So, for example, there was just a big fashion show that I went to on Decentraland. Um, I bought a pair of earrings in the fashion show that were virtual earrings. But because I bought the virtual earrings, now I have the right to buy them in the real world. If I didn't buy them virtually, I couldn't buy them in the real world. So it's kind of cool. Think about Nike. Nike just bought a company to do virtual sneakers, virtual, um, you know, their tennis shoes that are out there to place them in the real world. Um, I just did a conference and my presentation was done in the metaverse. So my avatar got up representing me and I got to speak to this crowd of people in the metaverse. So there are lots of things happening in the metaverse today. Um, You know, again, I can log into the metaverse with my digital identity and 
leverage that digital identity to represent who I am inside of the metaverse. It's really fascinating to me, John, because if you talk to the kids growing up, they can actually teach me stuff about the metaverse. They are, um, it's, it's just really interesting um, about how they are growing up with an alternate reality, how they are leveraging it, especially during this time of COVID to make new friends. Um, you know, and even some of the interesting things that are happening in the metaverse, like we just had our first lawsuit in the metaverse, someone got harassed in the metaverse. Um, we now have some metaverses that have formed police teams. They have police officers in the metaverse to guard against this. We have people doing jobs in the metaverse. Um, we even have therapists and guides roles that are being created and they're getting paid in crypto to guide people through the metaverse. So I think this is going to be really big. It's probably not going to end up where we're starting, but I think the experimentation is quite fun and fascinating. I think it's going to constantly evolve. Now, I haven't logged into the metaverse but or yet, but I'm curious about the speaking session that you did. How did that work? Like you were sitting there and you were speaking now, or was it like a recording? Uh, was it a VR headset? Like, kind of give me some visual on you walking through doing this speaking session and everybody else listening to you. Yeah. So it was quite, it was quite fascinating. So I logged into the metaverse and I had my avatar and my avatar took the stage. People were sitting in the audience. I have to tell you though, John, because not everybody knows how to use the metaverse. My stage was there. Someone was like up here on the stage, like someone <laughs> sitting on the rooftop on the stage. Someone was sitting over here. And I'm sure it's just because they couldn't, couldn't figure it out. I'm sure that was my dad up on the top of the <laughs> figure out what to do. Um, and then I did my presentation. I used my voice. It wasn't with a VR headset. This one wasn't. I used my voice and I then was able to interact with people. People at the end of my session, short session, like 15 minutes, kind of like a TED talk. People came up to me afterwards and asked me questions. Um, some of it was done via chat. Some of it was done via voice. So it was a really interesting experience. I wouldn't say that it was a, a slam dunk success yet because people, it was really hard for people to come into the auditorium and take their seat because everybody's still learning like how to do it. Like, right. And then um, even asking questions uh, for them for some was a little difficult. I think the UI is going to be the secret sauce as we move forward, as we head into the next adventure, uh, what's going to, you know, what's going to happen with us as we move forward. So anyway, that was part of my experience. Was there a separate moderator? What I'm thinking about is that you're up there speaking, right? And how do you stop these people from asking questions while you're in the middle of a conversation? Or can they raise their hand and say they have a question and you can, I don't want to say like give them the ability to go ahead and talk. I think this provides a better way for communication or easier access to somebody like yourself. Like, oh my God, I can talk to, I don't have to be half, you know, right there next to her. I can talk to her right away. Yeah. I mean, you can't just start speaking for sure. <clears throat> um, but there was, they mute it kind of like they do on zoom, right? If you're doing a really big session on zoom and they mute everybody and you have to have permission to, to speak, that's how they do it. But the thing they didn't do, at least in this conference I was at, they didn't stop people from walking around. So people who were struggling to get into the auditorium, like they were walking up and down. Some people were walking in front of me as I was speaking. Some people were jumping on the roof, like they couldn't figure out how to get down. 
because you can see all the questions, right? People are like, how do I get off the roof? How do I get into my seat? How do I do this? Um, and so again, I think this will all improve over time, but it was a fascinating experience. Um, and then the really interesting one was the, the group after me was a panel. And so they had, you know, the, the avatar comes in, the moderator comes in, and then they have people sitting on the panel. One of the panelists was having problems sitting down, which was quite funny to me too. Uh, and then they did like the whole, the whole thing was done. And it was, it was just pretty interesting, pretty cool as we move forward. So um, again, I don't know if it was the most effective way, but I figure if I'm going to talk about the metaverse, I need to be in the metaverse. I need to experience these things so that I'm not just speaking about them, but I, I have experienced them. Was this recorded by any chance? How, how can we see this? I would love to see you in the metaverse, or in fact, when's the next time that you are speaking in the metaverse? I currently don't have another time today, but in fact, the call I was on right before this, we were talking about when they're going to do another session. Um, they didn't record this metaverse and I'm kind of, I, I took a picture of it. So I have a picture of it. Um, but, uh, I thought it was interesting. I, but if you do go out there and Google, cause I was trying to prepare, you can see different panels out there that have been taped in the metaverse. It's just this particular conference didn't tape anything. Oh, I think it would be kind of fun. I think it would have been fun to see it because to see like being in the metaverse now, having people walk around, popping up to the roof, can't sit down in their panel. I think it would be really fascinating to save that as a record mm -hmm. and then look, you know, five years in the future where you have none of those issues today. People will be more familiar with the controls or you might have a control that says auto seat, everybody click <laughs> and yeah. they're ready for yeah. it in the auditorium. All right, Sandy, before I wrap things up, do you have anything else you'd like to share with everyone? The only thing I would say is it's not too late to jump into Web3. You don't even have, you don't have to quit your job like I did. You can just go ahead and start learning so much information out there. And I will tell you, just by going through the learning, you'll, you'll be better at your current job as well, because you'll see the future. Um, you'll be intrigued by it. You'll want to play with it. And like I said, you know, don't just go read about the metaverse. There's so many of them out there. Go experience it, like jump into it, see what it's really like. Um, I just think it's a great thing for everybody to be constantly learning, be, you know, learn and be curious is really important. It really is right. Especially in this space, learn and be curious. And so then when it really comes all together, you'll be ready to go. You'll be ahead of the pack. Sandy, thank you so much for joining my podcast. Once again, I really appreciate it. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it too. Everyone, SVP and channel chief of Unstoppable Domains, Sandy Carter. I've been your host on John Meyer Podcast. Don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, and notify because guess what? We're out of here.